0: This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. Without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Well, hello and welcome to the Behold podcast. Uh, this is Sean and my boy Dan, as always. And today we have quite the the guest the esteemed guest, probably the only guest actually on our podcast that regularly uh, has railroad tracks on his fingertips. Care to explain, <laughs> Mr. Pat Smith?
1: <laughs> I'm fortunate enough to uh, play a 12-string, so I don't just get one imprint of a string, but on each uh, finger. I get uh, two if I'm successful in actually wow. uh, getting both strings and together on the fretboard.
2: Now, on the 12-string, 12 str- 12 it's twice the amount of strings. Is do you, Are you twice as holy for, because you play— are you yeah. twice as loved by God because you play uh, double the strings? Well, it's a double joyful noise to the Lord. Oh, uh, so that would
1: be the He case. does delight.
2: It's a double delight.
1: Right. But really what it does is it gives me a higher percentage of hitting uh, more strings. So instead of five out of six, as I normally would, I think 10 out of 12 or 11 out of 12 gives me a higher percentage.
0: But, of, but you hit a wrong note and that's double the wrongness. Ooh, that double the that trouble. would be the, as the some case. would say, with great power comes yeah. great responsibility.
1: Well, since you don't turn the volume on my guitar, nobody really. Knows yeah, we it just about turn bad. it way <laughs> exactly. down.
2: It's really just eye candy at this <laughs> yeah. point. Oh boy, and it's good eye candy. Yeah, it's oh, it's, it's going to really be good Sunday. Now, Real t- good. for those of us those listening at home that that are, are familiar with with the twelve string, tell us some of the some of the famous artists that that kind of popularized the old the old double string.
1: Uh, probably the one that I think of most is uh, Roger McGuinn with. Uh, with the birds.
2: Uh, uh,
1: he's got a good, a good sound. The Beatles once in a while, uh, George Harrison would, uh, would play. Uh, that's, it's mostly an old time, uh, instrument. Oh, I, I
2: never would have guessed. I that. don't
1: keep up <laughs> with, uh, a lot of current pop. It hasn't culture. come back around yet. I could tell you a lot of the gospel and, uh, Christian pop musicians don't see it.
2: Well, maybe you'll bring it back. Yeah. You'll be responsible yeah. single handedly For bringing back the trend.
1: Yeah, well, I'll have to uh, just start to flood Instagram and and YouTube with it. And I think if all my followers with the influencer that I am, it'll catch on in no time.
0: That's awesome. Wow. The question is how many strings do you think your guitar will have in heaven? If it's up to me,
1: I'd like to double it to 24. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Wow. Not attainable on earth, I don't believe, but in heaven, I think that's doable.
2: It's a
0: ridiculous way to start our conversation <laughs> hey speaking of heaven what a natural segue uh, yeah you know if you've been joining us on Sundays you know that we're in our, our heaven teaching series and we've kind of just been going through the 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 topic of heaven you know what has been promised to us what do we have to look forward to and then what does that mean for us now and how does that kind of change, change our lives as we live with that hope uh, in mind and this last Sunday at the crossing Two Sundays ago at the Altamont, Mr. Nathan Baird um, led us deeper into this series and looking at Revelation 21. And man, just a a powerful picture of kind of not just heaven, but really the, the, the whole scheme of why heaven exists, what God's intention is for that originally and now and all those kinds of things. And then kind of to Nate's point is what does that mean now for us? You know, what do we do with this picture of, of heaven and that hope in heaven? So as you guys listen to Nathan here, at The Crossing, you know, I'll just say really quick, actually, on that note, if you are here at The Crossing or if you watch the live stream, you might have seen some commotion during the message. And it was because one of our elders, Brent, uh, he he got dizzy and fell. And it was quite the the scene for a moment, quite hectic. Thanks to those of you who are praying for him and I've been keeping in touch. He is doing well. So if you have any questions, he's doing well. Shoot him a text and whatnot saying you're praying for him. But um, anyways, so on Sunday, Nathan, aside from that, talked a lot about heaven. So what are some things that kind of jumped out to you guys as you listened?
2: Yeah. The the thing for me that, that was a big takeaway kind of as, as he was just unpacking everything, it made me just think about the, the big picture of redemptive history, that there's this whole story of, of reality of creation. And, and Greg Kokel has a, has a great book that's actually called that the story of reality. And it just made me think about that book. If you haven't read it, it's, it's, a, it's kind of an apologetics book. But Basically, w- the premise of it is the, the biblical worldview provides the best explanation for the way things are in, in the universe and the world. And a lot of our questions that we ask on a human level, like what the big questions that we wrestle with, they're, they're addressed in the most rational, logical way. Um, and as Nate went through this message, it hit all of those, those kind of points along the story, right? How did we get here? What was our uh, intended purpose? How did we get off track from that kind of what went wrong? And I think everybody can, can agree no matter what kind of worldview you have, something is wrong with our world, right? Everybody can agree that, that something got off track. Um, but what's the remedy and then how is it all going to end? And so just as we we went through that with Nate, I just thought he did a great job of, of basically, it's kind of like one of those movies that you, where the the first thing you see is the end. They show you kind of the scene of, of how it all is going to end up. And then the rest of the movie, you know, it says like three weeks earlier or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the whole rest of the movies is, is showing you how you got there. And so it's kind of an interesting way to, to look at the story of, of redemptive history, the story of reality. And, by 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 focusing on how is it all gonna end, and then being able to to see all these different like um you know posts along the way, and I just thought that was really encouraging because I know that a lot of people are asking these questions even more so now um or maybe they're asking it in a way where they're actually v- verbalizing it more so. Uh, than than I think in the past, just because we've had such a crazy couple of years. So that's what I really loved. And I'm curious what you guys think about that. um, I don't know, just those, those big kinds of questions that we all wrestle with and, and how this heaven series is addressing them.
0: Yeah. Well, I love the, the, the verbiage when it comes to the story of reality and just talking about the biblical worldview as reality. You know, I think Especially in this day and age, you know, the idea of personal truth is like so prevalent out there. I mean, it always has been a thing, but now like more and more you're seeing in society where people are applying the idea of personal truth to things that should be considered objective truth. You know, all of a sudden you can say, oh, my truth is this about X, Y, or Z. And then we have to accept, okay, I guess that's true now, you know, where otherwise wasn't. I think that's really dangerous because people are are applying that to to jesus and and to heaven, but that's not the case. you know Jesus is not personal truth it's it's objective truth, and we know that that to those who don't know him that that's going to sound like foolishness, and you know we're we're aware of that, but like even the beginning,
2: like like how it all started, yeah it, it happened a certain way. Yep. It, it's, it didn't, it, yep. you know what I mean? Like it, 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 it didn't, it doesn't matter what I
0: think about it or, or whatever. Like it actually, well, well, you know what I mean? You know, exactly. It's like just this idea of there is one truth, you know? And it's like, yeah, even in th- this room, the three of us, we might have different interpretations of exactly what creation looked like. But at the end of the day, when we get to heaven, we're going to ask him, Hey, what happened? And there'll be one answer to that, you mm-hmm. know? So anyways, I, I love just reminding us of that that truth that we're talking about reality here because with heaven, especially it just seems like it so quickly becomes this like ephemeral kind of dreamlike conversation when it's like no, heaven's not this this just this paradise you know that's a promise to some, but it's it's reality and it's not even just reality in the future. it was the original reality like kind of shit in the beginning this is the way things are meant to be you know and I, I mentioned this before of the podcast, but it almost makes me think about, like, when you watch uh, a, a movie with a romantic couple or something. Or, or Patty and I are watching this show right now, and I'm not going to name the name because if anyone's listening, it's going to really spoil the show. Mm-hmm. But there's these two people who they're together in the beginning, and they take care of each other, and it's like this really beautiful bond. And then they get separated for for years and years and years, and the whole time you're like, "Oh man, they what? They need to be together. You know, mm-hmm. something is wrong. Something is wrong here." and then at the very end of the show the very last scene almost they they reunite and you know patty cries with this beautiful moment mm-hmm. and it's because things were how they were supposed to be how they were meant to be they were originally designed to be and yeah stuff went wrong along the ways and they got separated and they got hurt and all the stuff but then throughout the show and this whole movie like you're seeing these steps that are being taken towards their reuniting, towards you know, healing and reclamation and revival and all those things to get them back to how things were supposed to be. And so isn't it the case with us and, and our biblical history with what God has done with his people in our own lives today? What's going to come in the next 20 years until Jesus comes back, you know? So, yeah, just reminding ourselves, I love that idea of just this is real. This is reality, both creation, both, you know, Old Testament, Jesus. Our day today and then between now when Jesus comes and then in heaven it's all objective real stuff
1: yeah yeah when when you're talking about that uh, couple that's separated and then gets together, <clears throat> think about what Nate said uh, people's view of uh, heaven and hell was and he he went to uh, Quora. I, I quoted some of uh, Barna's survey and in the intro to the series and then Nate uh, brought back some people's ideas of heaven and hell. And he brought up the fact that uh, people don't want heaven because they think that a good story always involves conflict.
0: Right. You know?
1: And and I just thought of it that one of the things that people are tired of is conflict, whether it's, it's conflict between people that we can't get rest from, conflict between us and nature like a, a virus, and people get so upset and yet... A, a, a reality of heaven is presented, and even if it's, you know, uh, you get it reduce it to as much as a, a place and time without conflict, they're like, oh no, that's not good for me. <laughs> so everything right. that we're struggling against today is removed, and people look and say, nah, that that's not really what what I want.
2: Yeah, totally. I, I just thought that that was such an interesting concept, and and it really did strike at the core of kind of how far we've drifted from God's created order Mm -hmm. and God's the goodness of his design. It's kind of this idea of like, it's just completely backwards. Like we, we've basically been conditioned living in a broken world that the only way for us to have delight or excitement is for there to be something wrong, (laughs) you know? And, and so that was, that definitely struck a chord with me because I'm like, yeah, that, that is how I operate, you know? Um, and, and so to think about heaven as the, um, the, the removal of, of all of that conflict, the, the removal of all the things that, that cause brokenness or division or hatred or, or pain and, and, and being like, let me just think about, let me imagine what that's going to look like. Where is the excitement and the delight going to come from? And we've talked about, we've talked about on this podcast that it, it really starts with God's personal physical presence mm-hmm. that, that we will be face to face with Jesus. Our, you know, our, our faith will become sight. Yeah. And, and then everything kind of flows from that, that there's this, there's this new type of existence and relationship and reality for us where there is no conflict. There is no brokenness. There is no pain. There is no hatred. And I really loved how Nate gave us just some, some thought exper- experiments. He's like, Hey, let's just right here and now. Let's just kind of close our eyes if you want to or whatever. Let's just imagine what it would be like. And he gave all these scenarios, you know. And I'm curious where that landed with you guys. Was that was that a helpful experience for you? What did that stir in you? Um, you know, did were you able to kind of like spin it forward and and kind of imagine the implications of of a, a world without? That yeah. conflict. The, the
1: first thing that struck me that really woke me up was he said that uh, we would be glad to see politicians. Really <laughs> threw me for a loop. Exactly. So I had to recenter myself, and and after I opened my eyes, closed them again. Yeah. But uh, it's it funny, you know, Sheila and I will we'll take time in the morning and we'll have tea and we'll talk, and, you know, what's she reading? What am I reading? What's going on? And we talked about uh, going through hard times and, and, and looking at that. And one of the things that uh, we landed on was there's l- very little value of mulling over and, and getting going through and dissecting bad times uh, in your life. Not that there isn't anything to learn from that, but what Nate provided was that two-handed way of looking at things. On the one hand, we have what's happened before and some of the struggles that we've had in our life. But on the other hand, we've got this picture that he had us imagine uh, of what things will be like. And so we, we operate out of a place of hope as we experience these, these disappointments. And it really helps uh, to, to move us forward. And I can tell you from talking with people in, in Oakland, the homeless community, it's the hardest thing to talk with someone who's lost that hope and, and I wish I could remember the person that, that made the quote that we can live so many days without water, so many days without food, but we can't go one day without hope. Mm. And when we're talking with, with people like that, we really count on the Spirit to move them as we deliver that message, as Nate did, of, hey, there is a time of hope. This is just a, a temporary place that we're moving through. And if we can hold on to that, it makes going through these hard times so much, so much easier because we have that promise of, of what's ahead.
2: Yeah. And also I think there's, there's really important, uh, implications for us here and now as well. Right. Because as we start to think about what is that, what is that new reality going to be like? Um, there's certain things we can't control. Like I can't control, I can't um, make my neighborhood a crime-free neighborhood. <laughs> no, <with laughs> that attitude! Yeah, exactly, exactly. exactly. <laughs> you know, but but like we talked about a couple weeks ago, are are there things that that I can ways I can love people? Are there attitudes I can develop now? Patterns of thinking that I can develop now that will um, help God's kingdom come? You know, in in my neighborhood, in my workplace, with with my family or my siblings or whatever. And I think I think that is meant to inspire us. It's meant to say, okay, like yeah, what would it look like? We were talking offline about disagreements that that we can have with each other. Where, um, I think it's really easy uh, for me, at least. I don't know if anyone else, but to get bent out of shape when someone doesn't see things the way I see them. And so, what was what is it going to look like, on, you know, on the new earth when we when we are talking? having a healthy loving debate and we don't maybe see things the exact same way, you know, how, how are we going to navigate that on the new earth? And are, is there a way to start doing that now? Is there a way to start to, to ha- having kinds of relationships? You know, we talked a couple of weeks ago about, uh, almost like thinking of VBC or, or our neighborhoods or our family as like colonies of heaven, right? Cause certainly these things are meant to to, to inspire hope for the future but don't you think they're also meant to to change the way we live now? Sure do. What do you think about that? What do you think that's going to look like, Sean? When we disagree with each other, when we have a little, when we have a healthy worship debate in on the New Earth, how is that going to
0: how is that going to play out? I wouldn't know. I've never actually had disagreement with anyone before in this. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, I You're halfway there. When you just talked about Nathan, you know, closing your eyes and stuff, that's the first thing I, I went to. Is just man, I cannot wait to never have a conflict with anybody, you know, and just because we can, we can apply it here, but man, in heaven, we don't have to just pursue unity in the body. We have unity. We're with Christ or with each other. We all have been justified. We're there. Like, man, we'll never, we're never going to have to question, does Pat not like me right now? You know, (laughs) or is Pat thinking something about me that he's not saying? It would never happen. I know. Or, oh, like, does Dan not support me? And it's like, I just, we'll, we'll never have to think about that kind of stuff. And I just cannot wait. Mm. Because, man, I think that's one way that Satan really messes with people right now is, and like kind of tying in with that, with how society is moving with personal truth and whatnot. Now, more and more, it's like, if you don't agree with me, it means you don't support me, or you don't love me, or you don't like me, or whatever it is. Um, but that can't be true. That cannot be biblical because God would not make us with differences if that were true, you mm. know? And so, yeah, I think what, what I'm most excited about at heaven is being able to talk forever with everybody about everything and never have a question about their motives or yeah. whether they love me and support me and whatnot. Uh, so, yeah, I think just that, that, that separation of like... Not disagreement, but difference. Like the beauty in Yeah, so you think we'll still have
2: differences, but it just won't bring it won't bring about all the negative conflict that we see here on earth.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. And it's like, yeah, we should be able to do that now. But you know, going back to the idea of like, well, heaven will probably be a lot like what the world was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Like, man, I have mean, Eve were different. You know, I, mean, I think that if that had continued before Satan messed it up, probably their kids would have been a little bit different too, you know. And, and so I, I'm excited for what that looks like of, man, what are the differences going to be? What, how are we going to be able to, you know, use those gifts to to love one another and glorify God? Because we're still going to do all those those things. But one of the things I think about, we talked a little bit about before the podcast, is like here right now, we know that God's given us a charge of of testifying to His goodness and and spreading the gospel. And, and one of the ways we do that is by using the different giftings He's given us all to serve one another, to serve Him. You know, to be different members of the body and different body parts and whatnot, and, and operate together like that, and, and that ties in a lot with spiritual gifts. But it's interesting because the the verbiage around spiritual giftings, it's usually it seems like it's a temporary thing. Like it's given to us here on earth to to be able to glorify God and testify to his his reality, you know, and his power. But then in heaven. We're gonna have access to all these things, so it seems. So, what is that gonna look like? You know, like right now, you know, you're you're gifted in teaching. You know, you're gifted in leadership and all these different things. Like, but in heaven, are you still gonna be a better teacher than me? At first, who knows? Do you want me to answer
1: that, or is that a rhetorical
0: question? Well, <laughs>
2: <laughs> sure, answer it. <laughs> you, that was such a teachery thing to say, by the way.
0: <laughs> tell me, tell me how you really feel, Pat. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. Uh, you know,
1: it. it y- you bring to. Uh, you bring to to mind the the gifts, and and all I thought I started running through uh, what they are, and obviously they're they're to build up the body. So uh, certainly we will have the body there, but evangelism won't be a gift that we'll need in uh, in heaven. I, as sure. I was going through, I the other ones we we could uh, we could do, but uh, but that one not not going to be needed. And uh, it's uh, it's interesting as we. Uh, as we go through and, and look at those things that'll be there in in heaven and, and the things that, that won't. But uh yeah, I, I can't tell you about uh, about teaching. All I know is we will have eternity to work on the things that we need to to be better at or want to be better well, at.
2: This brings up a question I've had during this whole series and, and maybe we can we can talk about it. Just the the idea or, or, or I'm just wondering what will those growth opportunities look like for us? Will we be challenged in, in heaven? Right. Because here on, on this, you know, this this side of eternity. If I want to get better at something, if I want to get better at golf, if I, if I want to learn a new instrument, if I want to, um, you know, get better with this particular software or whatever, like I have to put in like really hard work, you know, it's almost like that whole, <coughs> you know, Genesis two, like the, um, the fall is that Genesis two or Genesis three? Genesis two. Anyway, where, where the fall happens, right? And it's like you're gonna work this land by the sweat of your brow, like you're gonna you're gonna cultivate and grow things, but it's gonna be h- struggle and hard work. What is that gonna look like? You know, on the new earth.
1: Yeah. You know, well,
2: something Emily and I keep talking about is. She, you know, her, her latest dream is like, she wants to be a farmer. You know, she's like poor, poor, my poor wife, we live in a townhouse. We don't even have a backyard, you know? (laughs) So it's like what, you know, she, she's, she's looking for, she's like on the new earth, I'm definitely going to be a farmer, like a hundred percent, you know? And so what is that going to look like? Um, And, and we, I love what, what Nate talked about, you know, just again, this story of, of redemptive history is like, you know, um, God made creation good. He, he made it. Uh, it's valued by him. It's, you know, it it displays what he's like. Um, He loves what he made and he sustains it by by his power. And even in the broken state that it is, those things are still true, right? So what do you guys think? I guess the question for me is like, what do you think growth and development, will there be struggle? You know, like if I want to get, if I want to learn how to like, be the best basketball player in heaven, you know what I mean? Or, like, could I train? Some and,
1: things just aren't going to be possible <laughs> though, Dan, because <laughs> I still have this body, right? Exactly,
2: yeah, yeah. But, but do you know what I mean? Like, if I if I want to work hard and get better at something, um, because there's going to be all kinds of stuff, there's going to be cities, right? Is there going to be do we need computer programmers? Do we need, um, I don't know, are we going to need People to fix the internet, Sean. Yeah. You know, <laughs> whatever. What what is what is that all gonna look like?
1: Well, I just think before we got on the podcast and we prayed, right? And and what are one of the things that we pray for all the time is that our time together is going to glorify him. Mm-hmm. Right. And we've obviously fallen short of that already. <laughs> but but that's our our goal is to glorify him. So what makes uh, heaven be any different than that the activities that we perform are going to glorify in their their acts of worship, right? Yeah. Uh, Adam and Eve tending the garden where Adam and Eve were doing the work, which was uh, worship. So, those things that we perform, those acts we perform in heaven, I can only imagine are going to be worshipful. So, when we have that perspective Which is natural, Dan, and natural for you of that uh, competitiveness, and I want to crush Pat on the basketball court. I love competition. Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) You you did. I'll I'll confess to that. But uh, those things, that attitude, I just don't don't see that. I think uh, you know when we when we think of others more than ourselves, perhaps, Dan, you'll let me win. <laughs> no. so, so, but I think the struggle yeah. will be internal, a self, and and I, I hate to even use the word struggle, but that desire to do more, learn. I think Nate brought up uh, Mandarin, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, or or Greek or whatever is is a challenge. But our mindset is different because it's out of a worship.
2: Totally. Uh, so mindset. the d- the drive will be for for God's glory. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and then you you know another thing too is like there won't be there won't be the same limitations that we have here on earth with time and, and our, our, our capacity, whether mentally or physically. So yeah, it's kind of cool, cool to think about Sean. You were going to say something.
0: Well, I think about like the sports thing. It's like, I, I think we're going to play games together and do fun things together, but I don't know if we're going to have that drive. Like Pat mentioned of like, I want to be the best basketball player in the world kind of thing, because I think that ultimately a lot of times, like I think maybe, Oh, I want to be good at this or I want to, you know, enjoy this activity the Lord made, of course, I think that that'll be a thing, but you know, I, I don't think people are going to want to be the best. I think they're mm. going to, I think we're going to play games solely for the purpose of enjoying it with one another and like giving glory to Jesus in, in that process. And I think about like, what, what was life like for, for Jesus when he, before he, you know, started his ministry and I mean, he grew up with kids, you know, and he, he probably had board games and little things, you know, whatever there was at the time. And did he play them? Like, I, I guess we don't know. It's not really said, but I, I think he would. But yeah. I don't see him being like, I want to be the best rock thrower that, right now. You know, I see him <laughs> more so being like, I want to enjoy this with my brothers and sisters, you know, yeah. and just enjoy that process together. So, yeah, I guess I don't know. We'll see who if there will be a best pickleball player in heaven. Yeah, yeah exactly. It'll definitely be you if there <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, that's sure. for sure.
2: <laughs> well, and, and it's cool because I I... I Again, I think it goes back to the we're 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 attacking these things. It, it if we're imagining these things with the with the grid of living in a broken mm-hmm. world wh- where sin is such a motivating factor, then we're going to imagine the wrong kinds of things. Yeah. And that's why I really loved Nate's message on on Sunday because he's like, "Hey, let me give you some 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 real concrete biblical truths that you can you can." Let your imagination run wild off of that, right. and so it's a way to, to to stay grounded and to to land at the at the right types of ideas. And I think that's that's really good. Like, yeah, may, maybe um, when we're thinking about work or or recreation or whatever on the new earth, we have to make sure that we're we're, we're viewing it from this perfected, you know, reality. Um, and that I think that is. Really, really huge. Like, Nate had that whole header on his notes of like, in the new earth, God is going to address our deepest longings. So there's, there's, and if you haven't looked at those notes, there's so there's so much great stuff just from Revelation twenty one that just talks about um, some of the things we've already addressed so far. Like the the the, the things on the new earth. There's going to be a continuity, right? It's going to be familiar, but but it's also going to be way better than than it is here. Um, there's going to be uh, a unity in heaven. Uh, and, and we're going to be in the presence of God. We're going to be free from death, decay, grief, and scarcity. Um, there's going to be multicultural, uh, you know, peace and we're all going to be unified in the light of Christ and never again w- where there'll be this threat that, that things are going to go wrong again. So, um, I think that's really, really good. Like as we, um, I don't know. Like, yeah. Like I think Pat, you said in your message a couple weeks ago that I think it's from Ecclesiastes that God has put eternity in the hearts of men. Right. And so there's these, there are these longings that we have that we're like, we're wanting to get back to Eden. We're wanting to to be reconciled to our love. Like, like in that show you were talking about, Sean, and on the new earth, all of those longings are going to be fulfilled and satisfied and it's all going to bring glory to, to God.
1: Yeah, I was talking to to somebody the other day, and and this came up. They're not from from Valley Bible. They are a, a believer, and and it just start talking about uh, heaven, and he was talking a little bit about what is going to be, and and the possibility of it being bland, you know, <laughs> that that type of thing. And and I said, you know, just just think of it. Uh, he, he's a mature believer, and I said, we spend a lot of energy trying to get alone with God. Just just get a little time in the mm-hmm. morning or even get alone with, with God because we know that's going to fill our heart. That's going to satisfy us. And the promises, you know, and Nate put it down that we'll uh, be united with heaven, the presence of God. We're going to get that. Mm. And and if we long for that here on earth, how much more will we appreciate that when we when we get to heaven? And how, <laughs> if that's not enough, then then our time on earth here is just it's going to be terrible because God is the thing that makes all this fit together. Yeah. And and we see people's lives we've experienced in our own when God gets out of the center of our life, we are uh, distraught. Right? We're, we come to the end of our ourselves, and that is. All taken away in heaven. So how can we not just look so forward to that, and ever think that uh, worshiping? Even if I was going to fall down and worship Him for eternity, right. that's what. Isn't that I- enough? And yet we have all these things that we've been talking about that will be forms of of worship. On top and, of that, and that, how much yeah.
2: more uh, that is. Yeah, that's really good. I I, I love coming back to that. That. There is a, a a rightness to just being in the presence of God Mm -hmm. and everything that is broken and off kiltered and disappointing about our existence here is, it it melts away when we're just with God. And, um, I think that is the centerpiece of, of heaven and all the good stuff that we've been talking about kind of revolve around that.
0: Yeah. Yep. (laughs) yeah well it's interesting because like man I can't wait for that day to be in heaven and just yeah everything is right every longing is is satisfied and we have that joy but we can experience those things now like you said but it takes work and so I am excited to not have to do the work to, to feel those things you know but it is a good reminder just today of like man how is your heart you know like are you weary are you fatigued with life and COVID and all this stuff you know because the reality is like, man, if, if you would say or if you just the way you talk and think and whatever you spend your time, if you're overall a grumpy person, you know, <laughs> or if you're overall, you know, your, your main mantra in life right now is like, oh, everything sinks, Well, then you're probably not doing that work. Mm. of of what you need to be doing to be aligned with the Lord and and access that joy and peace and hope and all those things. Not to say we don't have hard things because we know that. You know, we're going to go through hard things and we we understand that. But, you know, as Christians, that's like the the response to this hope is that that unlike anything else joy, you know, that people will see and, and witness. And so you got to you got to do the work to be able to 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 give that joy and give that testimony. You know, one of the There's a song that Elevation Worship does, and we're going to do it on Sunday, actually. It's called My Testimony. And I just love the idea of it, of just like, man, Lord, you've transformed my life, and so I can't help it. This is, I'm going to give my testimony. And the chorus is, um, I shall go from the verse. The second verse says, come together, sons and daughters, bought with blood and washed in water. Sing the praises of the Spirit. Son and Father, our God will finish what he started. This is my testimony from death to life because grace rewrote my story. I'll testify that by Jesus Christ, the righteous, I'm justified. This is my testimony. And I just love the idea of that being our attitude in life. You know, that as we talk to people like, man, I can't help but tell you my testimony. This is what Jesus did in my life. And then paired with that, this is reality. You know, this is the story of reality that whether you believe my testimony or not, it affects you. You're living in this reality and you got to know this.
2: Yeah, I think that's so good in... There's so many places in the New Testament that, that talk about a perspective that the right perspective to have when we're going through suffering and trials. And there's a lot of different places we could go to. But I was just thinking about Romans 5 when you were talking just about how when we are going through suffering, we, 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 we can have this, this long view that God is producing something in us. And like you said, Sean, it does take work to have that perspective that you're not going to have that perspective just naturally. Our natural inclination is to, is to bend towards despair and to get all self-absorbed and, and woe is me. And it's a pity party. Everyone's invited, right? (laughs) It takes work to develop this, this perspective to where we can have, we can do what Paul tells us to do in verse two of chapter five. He says, we we rejoice. Actually, he's not even a command. He says, we are, we do this. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that our suffering produces endurance and then endurance produces character. Character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Mm. And so we see this, this long view and, and really isn't, isn't that what we're getting after with this heaven, this heaven series is we're we're trying to help people like lift your heads, you know, like it's so easy to just kind of put your nose to the, to the, to the grindstone. Yeah. Is that a word? Okay. That, yeah. It. And you're just kind of in it. Right. And, and, and just lift your head and look towards those heavenly things. And as you do, you're going to have a totally different attitude about your suffering. And you're going to see that God is, is not only secure to hope for you at the end of it, but he's doing all these cool things in you as you walk towards that hope.
1: Yeah, not to not to uh, you know get ahead of ourselves, but a uh, little spoiler alert: <laughs> when uh, Charlie was was teaching, and uh, he talks about getting a, a taste of of that new reality here on earth, we can experience little little pieces. And I just think as we go through and we mature as Christians, and we get a little bit more time uh, behind us. Sometimes, with the help of other mature believers, we can look back at those times of suffering and just keep relating back to that uh, that romans five two and see where God was in each of those moments, yeah. and we can start to develop that sacred history where that hope that we have isn 't something that we have to search for or talk with people mm. that they 're reinforcing, but it start, we look back in that and say he 's shown up. Every time, so and good. so we start to walk with that confidence. And again, that's just a taste, and all those those dots that we're connecting now is one long line. When we get to to heaven, that that, that those times, uh, sweet times with the the Lord and with other believers, as they walk through uh, these things with us, that's that's our eternity at, at that point, point. and that's that's what makes I think that two handed part of experiencing disappointment. And and yet experiencing and walking in hope uh, is a reality for us. And just my tad bit of uh, heresy on what you said, oh Sean, boy. if I may oh be alive. Grumpy
2: don't get to heaven. <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, man, well, that's such a cool idea, Pat. I, just thinking about—because uh, we've been talking a lot about where we are now and looking ahead. But let's, let's realize that when we get to where we're going— we're also going to be able to look back and that that sacred history is something that we'll remember because th- there's a continuity from this side of eternity into the next, the next life, the next, um, the next heaven and the next earth. And we're we're going to be able to remember all those times that God came through all those lessons he taught us, all the healings he did in the and the miraculous work he did in us, um to, to to bring salvation and freedom and victory. That's cool to think about. Um, that we'll we'll be able to reflect on that stuff and it'll just be more and more fuel for our worship. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah, I think maybe one of my ending things or just calls to action for any of you listening, um, is to do that 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 work that like we mentioned, do that hard work of of making your your perspective right. And it's almost like again you mentioned it's like it's our nature to to just be bogged down with the stuff. But even more than that, it's like it's 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 Satan is actively working, you know, to bring us down 24/7. He will do anything he can to distract us or or pull us away from the Lord. And so we have to fight that. It's almost like like I picture like you're in your bathroom, and you just took a shower and your your mirror is fogging up, you know. You're picturing me in my bathroom? That's all I'm doing. <laughs> Your heavenly body, but you know, you have a mirror fogging up from your shower and it's like, it doesn't matter if, if it's fogging up fast or slow. It doesn't matter how much steam is coming out of that shower. Eventually it's going to fog up if you don't do the work of wiping it off, you know, of seeing clearly. So sometimes you go through seasons of life where it's like, yeah, things aren't so bad. And the other seasons, like, no, things are horrible right now. You know, but in either of those cases, eventually, if you don't deal with it and 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 bring those things before the Lord, your perspective is going to be skewed and you can't see through the fog, you know. That's why we're told to cast your anxieties upon the Lord. Or some transitions say your your burdens, because if we don't do that, it doesn't matter how hard or not things are right now, Satan is actively pulling us away from the Lord. So I ought to say, man, once a day. Wake up in the morning, have a cup of coffee, sit down just once a day and for five minutes, do this process of closing your eyes and and picturing heaven, you know, picturing... Things as they are meant to be with with perfect unity, with no conflict, with no, you know, government mandates, anything like that. Just picture life the way it's meant to be right now and then cast your anxieties to the Lord in that process. Say, Lord, I, I am excited for what is to come for me. I'm so grateful that you guaranteed that by the blood of Jesus. Now help me to live that out now and testify to your goodness right now. If you just take two minutes to do that every day, I guarantee you that God's going to do that because you're doing that work of casting your burdens upon him and letting him clear the mirror uh, in your life, in your eyes.
2: That's really good. Uh, my last thing that I want to say, <clears throat> we did this when I was closing out the service on Sunday. I just was curious. I wanted to see a show of hands of how many people learned something new about heaven today. And it was just so cool. Like the whole room had their hands up. Everybody. I think I think learned something um, that they had never heard before about the hope that we have, and so my encouragement is: let's talk about, let's share that with each other. I would love to see us have more and more conversations in our community, outside of our community, just with people. Um, you know, just saying, "Hey, I learned this new thing about heaven." Mm-hmm. You know, what what did you learn? What What have you been learning in this series? And those conversations can have such a profound impact on these, these things that we've been talking about. So let's just keep having those heavenly conversations with each other and with people outside of the, the, the family, I think would be a really cool way for us to, um, kind of put legs to this stuff.
0: Almost like beholding him. Mm. yeah, mm. Mr. Smith. Uh,
1: I, I think back to, uh, when I did the, the intro, and one of the things that I said was, as I've read more uh, from the various books that have been put out and gone through the scripture that talk about heaven, uh, Paul comes to a place where uh, he says, you know, uh, to the Ephesians, I, I want to be here with you, uh, but heaven is far, far better. So, uh, I, I want to cultivate that mindset of heaven is far, far better to the point where whether I'm going through good things, where I really enjoy it, a good time, or whether I go through the hard things, I'm operating out of that mindset of, hey, there's going to be an eternity outside of this, so I don't get too, too stuck on doing the things I like over and over or uh, getting dragged down by those uh, hard times, but I know what's going to be coming and then to get to what Paul says, so you don't get carried away with that. But Paul says, but while I'm here, right, I've got work to do, and I've got to get to that. And part of that is spreading this message of of hope. And how do, we didn't even get to this as far as the heaven series, but what is it that allows us to enter to heaven, to have that? And, uh, you know, that's the most important decision we can make while we're here for this very short time that and it's, we're on it's, earth—it's
2: by our good works, right? It's by—it's by being it's by religious good, and more. It's by good
1: twelve-string right? playing, yeah, I believe. Exactly, uh, exactly, that's how we get there. No, but, but the
2: gospel—you're right. Yeah. The gospel. Yeah, we
1: didn't even really touch on on that. Yeah. And, you know, the one thing I never want to do is paint a picture. You know, it's that uh, easy evangelism. Well, don't you want to go to heaven? Right. Well, you certainly don't want to go to hell, right? Yeah. You want to, uh, well, yeah, I want to go to heaven. Well, congratulations, you're a Christian. You made it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't want to sell uh, heaven, in, and I don't think we've done that in the series at all. It's that it's that reality. It's this is not our home. This is not what we were meant to be. But we we deal with it, and God gives us uh, a lot of grace to to go through life. But there is something so good that's that's coming, and out of that confidence, that ha- as we learn more and more and sit in it, it has to affect our life. It had grump we. There's no way we can be grumpy <laughs> if we're sitting Because
0: grumpy don't go to heaven <laughs> yeah, right. is what I've been, been told. <laughs> well, and to continue the spoilers, you know, I just, I think it leads in so well with just in a few weeks now, the next series, which we're going to look at Second Corinthians. It's got earthquakes over here. We're looking at Second Corinthians uh, and, and it's titled Resurrection Life, which is so perfect of just Man, now that we've re- re- renewed and even learned new things, like Dan mentioned, about what's coming in heaven, what do we do with that? How do we live now in, in resurrection life by God's power and give glory to him? And just we can't help but but testify to, to, to what's coming and what Jesus did in, in the gospel. So stay tuned for that in a couple of weeks for resurrection life. Testify. <laughs> Oh, oh, you know a Reminder: Those of you who are Altamonters listening, this Sunday we're starting the live stream. So if you're sick or staying home, you can watch uh, Mr. Twelve String over here in all his glory wow. on the interwebs. Making this big Sunday. moves over there, huh? So big no showing moves.
1: up in pajamas or sweatpants now at the Altamont because there's a chance that people will see you.
0: Hey, you can whatever. You yeah. know, we're not we're we're easy going over there. <laughs>
1: nice.
0: <laughs> All right, y'all. Thanks for joining us for this, this chunk of time for Behold. Seriously, we hope that you use this, and this is just one more thing to help you behold the, the Lord and behold what heaven's going to be like uh, as you go through this, this teaching series. Hope to join you or hope you join us on Sunday at both campuses and then next week again for Behold. Love y'all. Bye. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you'd like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.